1: Hello, and welcome to the Queer Astrology episode of Out on Earth. Before we get started, I just wanted to hop on here and apologize for my mic quality during this episode. Um, Before we recorded, I was practicing my guitar with the pod equipment, and I left some things unchecked. But not to worry, Ashton did most of the research for this episode, so their voice sounds lovely. And I think this episode will blow your mind. So please keep listening, Uh, and we're excited to hear what you think. Thanks.
0: Thank you. What does it mean to be out on Earth?
1: Join two friends as we broaden our small-town perspectives and explore the enchanting, hilarious, and unusual interconnections between society, ecology, and queerness. Hey. Hi. Welcome back. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. What
0: have you been up to?
1: I have a story that I wanted to tell you. Stop. I know that this. Okay, this is gonna be a very Ashton episode. Um, yeah. I'm really just chilling, and I'm really excited. Kick for it. back,
0: relax, put your feet up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I went to see Bottoms.
0: I have to know your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Okay. Loved it. It was, it was amazing. Fun. I had I had the best time. Yeah. Like Brady Brady went with me. We mm. sat in the back. It was awesome. Perfect. And I had this like amazing experience of feeling like so represented and Mm -hmm. like, it just wonderful. Yeah. And then the lights turn on and like after the movie's over. Oh, I thought you meant in the movie. The movie's over, the lights turn on. I stand up. I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And then the people in front of us stand up and turn around and stare at us. And they say to us, oh, straight people were here. And then... They said it again on the way out of the theater, like, talking about us. Damn. It was really weird.
0: That's, okay, see, this is why we don't make comments on people's sexuality without knowing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just, like, the erasure of it all. Right. Mm, it that's gross. it's really strange. Yeah. And also, like, I'm sorry, the odds of, like, a straight couple going to bottoms. <laughs> yeah. So low, baby. Right. Do some introspection. Yeah. Just because, like, y'all are not outwardly presenting a queer relationship does not mean that it is not.
1: Right, Anyways. and like, what does that even mean? Like, exactly. it was just very strange for them to.
0: How old were they?
1: That. I have no idea. They like, had I'm to have been pretty any young. make Assumptions about them, you know, like they
0: ha- I, it just sounds like something that somebody younger would say. I say that when we're literally only twenty three, but like. <laughs> I don't know. I I work with a bunch of 18 year olds. Yeah. And like that sounds like something one of my clients would say. Yeah. So I
1: mean, I get it. I understand where they're coming from. Like I understand being in a space where you feel safe and represented. A lot of
0: ownership. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then feeling like an outsider is in that space. But I am not an outsider. So (laughs) And see. it was just kind of weird.
0: What does it say about us, just assuming that people are outsiders all the time? Though? Yeah, you know, yeah. they could have easily been like, "We like the movie too." Instead right. of like, "Straights are here."
1: Yeah, like, why do I have to come out? No, all, all the time.
0: <laughs> why do I have to come out in the middle of the AMC? I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But yeah. Well, I'm sorry.
1: It's fu- well. How was your experience? I was you- bottoms Yeah.
0: Okay, so once I sat on it for a second, I it grew on me.
1: Um, oh, okay.
0: In the theater, I was like. What is happening? <laughs> it felt like a fever dream. Yeah. Every, like,
1: I love chaos movies. So. A
0: spoiler alert, when the knife or the sword goes through one of the football <laughs> players and they just like leave all of those dead bodies on the football field. Yeah. I'm like, what?
1: No, I liked that though. I liked that part because I felt like it was like, this is America. I Clearly mean, anything can happen. I mean, people be dying on football fields <sighs> and I don't know.
0: What is it called? Um, there's a, ignore me. I was going to think about the brain condition that a lot of football players get. CTE. CTE. I was going to say CIT, but that's just like a critical uh, or crisis intervention (laughs) team. Okay. So I have a lot of material today. I know you do. I know you do. So I'm ready to jump just like right in. Okay. 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 So
1: I'm so excited to just sit here. I'm so excited. Okay.
0: I'm going to preface everything with, I have four pages of notes. Okay. And this is the concise version of them. Mm -hmm. There may even be a part two of this, frankly, because of the amount of stuff that I learned not realizing I would learn. It was just a really cool process. Yeah. I had a really, 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 really good time researching for this episode. Okay. Just like, I don't know, I love theory, and I love, like, theory when it's combined with capitalism and, like, queer theory. So, like, all of that combined, I was just like, ee! yeah, right up my alley. But, so, I want to start with a little quiz, um, and it's perfect for when this episode comes out. It's perfect for the topic, and I want you to try it first. The okay. quiz is called... Dress yourself from head to toe for Halloween, and I'll (gasps) guess your zodiac sign.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So, okay. So, first, you got to choose your costume theme. Are you a mythical being, a forest creature, an ocean dweller, or a magic weaver?
1: Oh.
0: I already, I think I know what you're going to choose. I am an ocean
1: dweller. Oh, my
0: God. That actually was not something that I was going to think you choose.
1: Really? No, I want to be a mermaid so bad. I want to
0: be so bad. I just want to be a marine biologist so bad. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like every kid wants to be a marine biologist at some point. Yeah. I love the ocean. Yeah. It's so cool. Choose your eye makeup. Bold, shimmery, pastel, or natural? Bold. What color is your wig? (laughs) Light pink, aquamarine, gold, or light green? Light pink. Light pink.
1: I feel like I'm giving very mixed signals. I don't know what...
0: Yeah. It's kind of crazy, but I live for it. It's giving like Jojo Siwa or something. (laughs) How do you style your hair? Beach waves, natural curls, bright highlights, or elegant updo? Updo. Ooh.
1: Elegant
0: updo. Oh, I live. I love an elegant updo. What will your costume radiate to captivate everyone's attention? An enchanting allure that sparks curiosity and wonder? A serene and calming presence that draws people in? A lighthearted and carefree vibe that invites laughter? <laughs> or a fierce and intense energy that commands respect?
1: definitely invites laughter.
0: Invites laughter. Yeah. A lighthearted, carefree vibe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, choose your accessory. A delicate floral crown. A f- fire-breathing... Prop. <laughs> <laughs> an airy flowing cape or se- seashell jewelry.
1: Ooh, fire breathing prop.
0: Wait, so you're going to be an ocean dwelling with fire breathing props okay listen I i'm,
1: it, listen, I'm, I'm here for you baby i'm here for you want, yep I'm, I'm here for you let it, <laughs> let it pick what i what it thinks
0: okay so fire breathing prop is what we've decided why is it not what is your signature spooky scent cinnamon and vanilla lavender and chamomile patchouli or coconut and mango
1: absolutely lavender and chamomile
0: ah, beautiful Okay, let's see. You're an air sign. Okay, that's not what I was... Th- I thought it was going to tell you a zodiac sign. Yeah. Okay, wait. But I'm Is not. a Scorpio an air sign? No,
1: I'm a water sign. Damn. Not even my moon is a, an air sign.
0: Okay, well, I mean, it is a BuzzFeed quiz. They're not known <laughs> for, like, being the most accurate. Maybe so. it's who
1: I am after you. Uh, maybe it's your
0: Vedic astrology sign.
1: Yeah. Or maybe it's what I am after you. You solve for, like, how the... Calendar isn't lined up to how it was, and I
0: am gonna get into that. Okay, great. Not necessarily the calendar, but definitely how it is off just a touch. Okay. Um, but I'm only gonna like really lightly touch on that because like I don't want to get into the pseudoscience mess that is mm-hmm. like what people say astrology is. Yeah. Because I'm like, uh, that feels like fraught. So yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah. Um, that could be another day. Yeah. But... Why don't
1: we give the um? Why don't we give them kind of like a brief overview? Yeah.
0: So. Of, wait, of what?
1: Of what we're going to talk about.
0: Oh, so first we're going to really- That was a
1: request I had. Someone requested in the survey- Oh, that, that we, we do a... Like a little thesis.
0: Oh, I would love to do that. Okay. Had I known, I would have like typed up a little something. Oh, that's okay. But that's okay. I it's can kind of just here. like, yeah, it truly is. So <laughs> first I'm going to kind of just break down like what is astrology because I know not everybody's coming from that same level of knowledge about it. And so I definitely want us to all be able to meet each other in the middle and like have that same baseline understanding. So I'm going to start with what is astrology. I go into a little bit of the differences between Western and Eastern astrology specifically. I could go a little bit into the history of astrology. The history is very, 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 very long. And there's okay.
1: eight, I can't wait.
0: 18 different histories depending on the country that you're in. Each country has a very different history when it comes to astrology. Okay. And so again, very bare bones because I do not have the time to go through each country, you know. yeah. I think I'm going to do a little check-in, see if you have any questions after that part. Okay. And then after I break down astrology into, like, its most basic form, I went to explore the connections between queerness and astrology. <laughs> okay. Yes. And that, frankly, might be one of the things that I extrapolate on more okay. if we do a part two. Okay, um, yeah. I Let us a,
1: know if you want a part two.
0: Listen, if you want a part two, I've got the notes, okay? Yeah. I am ready. Let me know. <laughs> but um, And then, so, I'll talk about queer joy. And astrology and how the two are connected, talk about gender and in some ways talk about how astrology is not all inclusive of all mm. queer people. Going from there, uh, my last and most exciting part is is astrology anti-capitalist? Okay. Um, and I think the exciting part about that is is truly up to you, the listener. Mm-hmm. Like, do you resonate with astrology as an anti-capitalist lens, or do you feel as if capitalists capitalism has subjugated astrology as a whole mm. and so
1: okay subjugated yes
0: subjugated i use that word so many times because it's a perfect word it like is, it's yeah. the most perfect word for okay so i guess i should define subjugated real quick but sure. subjugated just means essentially the taking of something and turning it into something that it was originally not, mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. bastardizing it for future reference. So yeah, that's kind of like the baseline. That's what we're gonna talk about, what we're gonna go through. I'm so excited. Me too. And, uh, okay, 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 okay. So uh, we talk about a Marxist feminist. That'll be exciting. Okay. And she's Italian. I love an Italian queen. Oh what to you, what what is your your initial sentiment around astrology? Like when you think of it, how what are your feelings?
1: I feel like my understanding of astrology has gone, like, up and down so many times. Yo. But I think it's probably in line with just, like, how people generally feel about astrology. Yeah, also we have little drinkies. Sorry, you...
0: <laughs> a little starbucks asmr yeah
1: when you grow up as a girl it's kind of just something that you talk about it like sleepovers or oh, i'm about to blow your motherfucker. you mind. talk about it like i don't know it's just like a thing that you talk about um and okay. you know it was in like the like tween magazines i used to have really or yeah like a little horoscope moment. I didn't moment. realize
0: that it was in magazines and stuff, too. Well,
1: you know, like the magazines you see at Target with, like, yeah. the high school musical oh, guys what on was, them.
0: What was that one? Um Pop, pop, tiger, tiger, something. Yeah,
1: something like that. Yeah, I
0: know the listeners know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you have to know. Um But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, how do you feel as a Scorpio? Do you feel like the general descriptions of a scorpio align with like your lived experience Mm,
1: i think so but also i feel like maybe it's something that i i grasped for when i wasn't sure what my personality was Mm -hmm. like um i had a scorpio barbie um they made like a line of barbies with the different zodiac signs and and i am
0: about to talk about (laughs) about not that specifically but that's even more information i wasn't aware of
1: yeah oh and i had yeah a little scorpio one and she had a really it was like a mermaid purple sparkly dress and she looked very like badass and i was like okay so like that's me right scorpio is kind of like a dark vibe like almost like a a man eater kind of like vibe and i was like okay that's me they're the (laughs)
0: mysterious one of the zodiac yeah i
1: guess yeah
0: allegedly But but i'm like every scorpio i know is like would tell you whatever you wanted to know if you would just ask them. Yeah. So.
1: And it was like, you know, at a time where I was like, I don't know who I am. Hmm. The Zodiac is a great way. It's, it was a way for me to like latch on to that personality and yeah. be like, okay, that's who I can be. Yeah. And I also feel like because Scorpios are seen almost in like an evil way, Very it was much, like, you know. I was allowed to act like that almost. Like, ooh, yeah, I'm so manipulative. <laughs> like, it's the- <laughs> So um yeah, I think I latched onto it for a while, but then I was like, no, like this is mm-hmm. I don't know about this. Yeah. And now I just think it's kind of fun, and people just like use it to relate to one another in like yeah. a social setting. Yeah, for and sure. I wouldn't rely on it anywhere past that,
0: like okay. just making
1: connections with people on a daily basis, just because it's something okay. that's so popular right now. Like
0: yeah, yeah awesome. Instagram
1: highlights and whatever. I don't know.
0: That was a wonderful. I thank you. You on you literally touched on a lot of the points that I'm going to be bringing up without I well, don't even meaning to. Okay, so awesome. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to jump into astrology. So what is it? Um, at its core, it's the premise that celestial bodies, the sun, other stars, planets, constellations, and even comets, mm-hmm. have an influence on earthly happenings. Um, in addition, astrology posits that relative positions and movements of planets help to generate predictions of personality traits and human characteristics. So this could be like physical traits down to like hair color, eye color, like, um, yeah, no, it's crazy. mm -hmm. Um, And then, so for example, this is when I saw, they said a person born right after the spring equinox is more likely to become an entrepreneur. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I was like, Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's a cute little example. So, the most common form of astrology that most of us are pretty familiar with is called natal astrology. Um, it's the one where you get like your birth chart and it talks about, you know, time you were born, what's rising in the sky, like what mm-hmm. sign is the sun in at the, you know, all of those things. What's well,
1: your sign? We I'm a down. Capricorn.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm a Capricorn. Scorpio, Capricorn. Yeah. I'm a Capricorn sun, <laughs> a Virgo moon, and a Taurus rising. So I'm all Earth. But I'm going to tell you an interesting fact here in a second. Okay. Because what if I'm not a Capricorn?
1: Right. Oh, my God.
0: So the one thing about natal astrology that is very fascinating and stands, like, in direct opposition with Eastern astrologies, which is known as, like, Vedic astrology um, that comes from Hinduism. And so in Western astrology, we treat the planets as fixed. You know, they Mm -hmm. orbit and they turn on their axes, yes, But they never move across the sky outside of those orbits. Whereas Vedic astrology, it looks at planets in relation to the constellations around them. So you're getting a much wider picture, a much more accurate picture of the movements of those planets. Okay. Um, And because in Western astrology, we have not accounted for the accuracy in those movements that Vedic astrology has accounted for. Western astrology is actually off by 30 degrees, which adds up to one month. So allegedly, I'm a Capricorn. But if we really look at it, I'm actually a Sagittarius. So, yeah. So in natal astrology, I'm a Capricorn sun, Virgo moon, and Taurus rising. In Vedic astrology, I'm a Sagittarius sun, Leo moon, and Leo rising. Which, Um, like, honestly, like, if I'm going to revert back to, like, my basic Ash astrology moment, like, that fits better, in my opinion, than Capricorn, Virgo, Taurus. Yeah. Like, that resonates more with me.
1: Yeah. Wait, I don't know what I...
0: You we want to look am. it up real quick?
1: I'm also Taurus rising.
0: Shut up, Word.
1: 5.39 p.m. in Pasadena, California.
0: 5.39 p.m.
1: I'm a California girl.
0: California girl. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yeah. So your sun sign is a Libra.
1: I don't know anything about Libras.
0: Your moon sign is Virgo.
1: Dude, those are like the two signs I know the least about.
0: Your rising is Taurus. Okay, so it's always going
1: to be Taurus.
0: Yeah. So
1: I do feel very Taurusy.
0: You definitely have Taurus energy down, like for sure. <laughs> Not me, like totally buying into the astrology <laughs> you thing. You see what I
1: mean? This is that point, though, I, No, literally. Is that there's so much like?
0: It's so hard to yeah. take out of my vernacular, <laughs> and I like, and it was such a like moral dilemma researching for this because uh-huh. I was like. I use this all the time, but do I believe in this? Mm-hmm. Like, does this hold any weight to me? We call it Vedic astrology, but there is an actual translation for it. Um, I know I'm going to butcher it, so be patient with me. But it's Yodish Shastra. Um, okay. There's a J in front of the Y, and I'm assuming it's silent. Or it may be the Y is silent and it's Yodish Shastra. I could be butchering it regardless either way. Mm-hmm. But Jyotish or Yodish... Literally translate from Sanskrit as the science of light. Mm. Um, so light in this context, in this context would refer to radiation from the sun and the other Whoa. planets. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. Hmm. So astrology originated in ancient Mesopotamia around three thousand four thousand BCE. So it is old, very 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 old, um, and it began as an analysis of a planet's position in the visible sky in relation to the Earth because. Okay. This was before heliocentrism. And so we thought the Earth was the center. (laughs) We thought the Earth was the center of the galaxy, which is so self-absorbed of us. Um, And so, yeah, everything is based around how the planets move around the Earth because we're, quote, unquote, the center of our galaxy. Okay. Um, And that changes later on. But in addition, Mm -hmm. early astrology was only for wealthy and powerful people. So Mm -hmm. kings would use it to talk about, like, the rises and falls of kingdoms, they would try to see if wars were coming, if any natural disasters, plagues, anything like that. Okay. And whenever you were t- talking earlier about how you and all your girlies would always talk about astrology, the early astrologers were all men, exclusively yeah. men, which doesn't, isn't super surprising, but also is considering the way that we relate to astrology now. Right. Um. It's like a very feminine i guess or like queer thing in a lot of ways yeah and so just,
1: and that's why yeah. i didn't want to talk about it in a witchcraft episode because i feel like it's its roots are in a very different place than like very much. magic and witchcraft very from. very very much yeah
0: um yeah and then the differentiations that they make between astronomy and astrology are so fine and like yeah this, this is it started out honestly scientific. From its get. So, um, I think it has slowly become more of a spiritual thing, but it definitely seemed to be more of a scientific thing when it first like started.
1: Like an institutional thing. Literally an yeah. institutional
0: thing. I mean, like, empires were using this,
1: you right? Know? That's so, so funny that the king was like, hey.
0: hey girl. Hey, is me, Mercury in retrograde? Yeah, I'm, like,
1: having some problems. <laughs> like, I can't. My, my tummy hurts.
0: <laughs> so, actually... Personal readings of astrology were not a thing this time.
1: Mm.
0: Um, Early astrology was only to predict large, like world scale, empire scale events. Oh my god! Yes, it was never an individualistic thing. Okay, so, like
1: floods. Exactly. Exactly. Droughts. Exactly. Very like agro agro business.
0: Very much agro (laughs) business.
1: Literally agro agro business business. astrology.
0: So yeah, uh, early astrology was for agro business essentially, (laughs) Um, which is real. Yeah, no, that's funny. So I just
1: think of agro business as like a major, not like something that's literally Mesopotamia. But (laughs)
0: listen, they had they had a different business format than we do now. So you know. Um and so the birth charts they did come um but much later. They came around 6th century BCE, so 500 BCE. Oh my god. So literally thousands of years later.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and it Whoa. this originated in ancient Babylonia. Um and simultaneously and separately from Mesopotamia and Babylonia, uh the prevalence of astrology was beginning to rise in China, in Japan, and in the Americas. Okay. And so like I really am interested to see what led to that simultaneous rise, even though they were all separate from each other. That yeah. wasn't really mentioned a whole lot in the literature. So that's something I would like to dive in more on later. Um, well, I
1: think it's kind of like the stars are something that it's, it's, they're just impossible to ignore. Like, and really especially are. if you are people that spend a lot of time outside, mm-hmm. obviously, and then, you all know. All time. <laughs> yeah, literally all the time outside. <laughs> and, you know, you're like around a fire. Like, I mean. I can imagine that there's a lot of culture that comes from that, Mm -hmm. which precedes like what we may define as astrology. Like I think we define as astrology now because we're like, oh, that's what it means. We're talking to the stars or whatever, We're interpreting the stars. But Mm -hmm. if people have always done that in different ways, then like, how do we define it like that?
0: No, that's a good question. (laughs) Hmm. You got me thinking now. Damn. Sorry. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. (laughs) Um. I had another point, and then it slipped from my little brain. Maybe I'll come back to it in a second. She's flying
1: around here somewhere.
0: She's in the room. Yeah. She's, is she in the room with us right now?
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. um,
0: <laughs> early astrology had no differenti- differentiation from astronomy. They were pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the split came actually in the 1600s. So they were like very much considered the same thing for a very long time.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and the split came with the rise of... Copernicism, Okay. Which was it's a fancy word for heliocentrism, which is a fancy word for our galaxy rotates around the sun. Yeah. That kind of like marked that change. Mm-hmm. So, now we're kind of somewhat here in the present um 1600s as In the scope of the history that I've discussed so far, 1600s is pretty recent. Yeah. Um, So do you have any questions? I've kind of wrapped up my history portion Mm -hmm. and I'm moving on to sort of the queer portion of this.
1: Okay. Have you heard about? (laughs) Oh, Jesus.
0: Oh, God. What are you about to say?
1: (laughs) Have you heard about the like? ice tower myth that they had with, like, heliocentrism and stuff. Excuse me? Like, they thought that all of the planets were balancing on these towers of ice. And that, that was the, um, that was, like, the common, like, idea, I guess, in Europe before they discovered that, like, the planets are moving, like, around the sun. That's crazy. Yeah. I learned that from one of P.K.'s plays. About, That's crazy. Um, Galileo. Oh. Galileo.
0: You know, we can cut this part, but I'd let Galileo hit it.
1: Oh, we don't need to cut that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, damn, he can get it. He can get it. I know. Before- he's just
1: like a scholar who <laughs> is like angry.
0: And just spends his time looking at the stars. Yeah. Like beautiful. Oh, my point earlier was it makes sense that astrology would, or even astronomy would come into sort of, society that early because I can also imagine that the skies were a lot clearer back then too. Yeah. And so they were probably seeing so much more than we can see now. And right. like that possibility alone is so exciting to me. Um but now I did not know about the ice towers. That is <laughs> actually unhinged.
1: No. It's, giving, like, QAnon. it's
0: like, giving QAnon. It's giving QAnon. Like
1: I'm like, could we find the ice tower? Like where do you think the ice tower? the towers Ice Towers are? in the room with
0: us right now. It
1: might be because there were the poles, you know, like north and south maybe they were like oh there's literally just a pole a pole of ice like shooting through i don't know i don't know
0: like a solar system model
1: yeah yes literally oh geez
0: <laughs> oh we've come a long ways what a,
1: what a crazy world to we've come in. such
0: a long ways yeah okay so now that i've kind of broken down the history of astrology in its basic form i want to kind of explore the connections between queerness and astrology okay.
1: I'm so entertained right now. I just want to let you know.
0: Mm, period. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before I start, do you see any immediate connections that off the top of your head between queerness and astrology?
1: Um. Well.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Why is this the thing that popped in my brain? Oh no. Um. I am a a try guys fan. Um. I. <laughs> I love Eugene Lee Yang love eugene be a
0: guest on the pod um
1: but he does a lot of like astrology videos where he'll okay. bring in like queer guests and mm-hmm. they just like dish over it and mm-hmm. so i just feel like it is like a moment in mm-hmm. like queer conversations mm-hmm. um something to like bond over yeah um 100 that's my only thought i don't know why no that's
0: so fair so like thanks
1: eugene yeah <laughs>
0: Shout out Eugene and the Try Guys. Also, have you seen the video of the Try Guys try crocheting
1: Absolutely, I have.
0: So funny. Yeah. I lived. It was so good. Um, that's the only Try Guys video I've literally ever watched. But now you've got me inspired to check them out. Um, so I kind of really... This part is less research heavy because I wanted to... I wanted it to be almost like a thought experiment for myself. I really wanted my brain to put in a little bit more brain power by brainstorming like what connections do I see outside of any literature Mm -hmm. that I've ingested about it. Yeah. And so I thought of a few. The first is that I think as queer people, we really find it hard to see ourselves in a lot of religious practices, um, Mm like Christianity specifically. I've had really bad experiences in the church. I know a lot of people that have had really bad experiences in the church and I really know that that has shaped how I view religion as a whole. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, centuries of religious ostracization. Oof, I stumbled over that word. No, you but didn't. We got it. That was gorgeous. Ostracization. Ostracization. Okay, <laughs> now I'm just enjoying saying it. But I would say that that, like, centuries of that has left a pretty bad taste in a lot of queer people's mouths mm-hmm. about religion as a whole. I yeah. mean, like, I know people who are queer that are writing, like, dissertations on like how their interactions with Christianity affected them as a whole and like as a queer person now. And then in addition, I think that as queer people, a lot of the times we feel either misunderstood or really like not understood at all. I think especially if you live a trans experience, that can be really hard. Um, Or even like, going back to your movie experience mm-hmm. where they clock you as <laughs> straight even though we know you're not yeah. you're misunderstood even by other queer people in that yeah. moment you know and so i really do think kind of also how you mentioned earlier about how before you like had an idea of who you were you latched onto it and were like this fits for me right now yeah i think that we as queer people now nav- or gravitate towards astrology because it does help to explain us in a way that is definitely more resonant than Christian explanations of queerness. Yeah. You know?
1: And in like a society where like Christianity is the dominant form of like accessing community, like Mm -hmm. especially here. Yeah. Like. Yep. It, you know, in my small town, every community event was sponsored by churches. Like, mm-hmm. if you wanted to go do something, it was with the church.
0: Trunk-or-treating at churches. Yes. Everything. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Trunk-or-treating. Yeah. Don't get me started on trunk-or-treating. We are a trick-or-treating only...
0: We are door-to-door girls. <laughs> door-to-door girls. Carry some pepper spray if you're worried, girl. But go door-to-door. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. I got
1: two trick-or-treaters last year. One of them was a dog. Uh- okay. i'm not Uh gonna tell y'all where i live but if you know where i live your
0: shit straight y'all come on now (laughs) i need to see all of y'all out on the streets on october 31st (laughs) i need y'all to be on the streets okay
1: Uh, on october
0: 31st we belong to the streets
1: exactly so
0: um so wrapping up on sort of the points we had just discussed um astrology essentially becomes an attractive way for queer people to self-identify And explain themselves in a way that grants us a little bit more autonomy and personal agency. And also so much literature from the past, even even now, and so much discourse says that queerness is unnatural. And so if we can find ourselves within astrology, that means we're finding ourselves within the universe. And I think there's something very beautiful about that. Um, So that's like my first and like biggest point for astrology. Um, And I want to be very clear about the fact that I'm not anti-astrology going into this. And I'm also not pro-astrology. I very much am confident in saying I don't know where I stand yet. Yeah. I feel like I need to sit on this information for a little while and like chew on it before I can confidently say what I really truly believe in. Yes. And I think everybody should take the time that they need to like really reflect and figure out what they believe in.
1: Absolutely,
0: You don't have to know immediately after this episode. You know, Mm -hmm. like chew on it. If you're interested, there's a little more research out there. Yeah. So I can mention some papers if you want to read them.
1: They're so good.
0: But (laughs) okay. So. That
1: was it
0: was awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you. See Seeing of the universe.
0: Yes. <laughs> make that a sound bite. Beats. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Guess what I'm... Get, this is such a... This is a tangent. But guess what I have? And I'm going to order.
1: What?
0: A fan. Like a fan. Oh, my
1: God.
0: That way I can be like... Yeah. Because one of my coworkers has pod. one. Yes. <laughs> one of my coworkers has one and I love him so much. And he's so funny whenever he pops his little fan <laughs> out and he let me do it last night. And I was like, the power that I felt when I fucking popped that fan. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. Nothing can bring me that much
1: power. Exactly. Yeah. Ever since I saw Mulan 2, I wanted that to be me all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So cool, anyways. Okay, <laughs> back on topic. Question Uh, we can see to some degree how um, astrology has changed and evolved since its inception. No longer is it reserved for wealthy uh, men, it is literally so accessible at this point. You yeah. can, I mean, granted, the internet has made so much accessible, but you can look up anything, you can scroll through TikTok for five minutes and see an astrology video. Yeah. And so astrology accounts litter various social media sites and daily horoscopes can be found with ease across like four different apps 80 different websites like they're everywhere
1: yeah. um, no if i go to instagram and i look at people's stories i'm going to see like like little posts like oh ca- like capricorn vibes like <sighs> Or Scorpio vibes, like hate all men. No, literally. Blood, like, oh
0: They're like fuck Libra men yeah. and Taurus men. Yeah. And I'm
1: like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah.
0: But um <laughs> I liked how this uh one person put it. Their name is Alexa Winstanley Smith. They said astrology has in the modern day become a new and more community determined astrology and has taken a self reflexive form that has begun to transform into a sometimes critical and sometimes poetical practice. Ooh. And I think that's really cool because a lot of the critiques against astrology are that, are that it is not self-critical, mm-hmm. um, that it's not an introspective practice. Mm. Um, and so I really, I really valued that this person was like, no, I firmly believe that this can be used for introspection and it is inherently poetic. And so yeah. I just thought that was really cool. Um, and then, you know, like your future being written in the stars, like that is so poetic.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely.
0: So, I don't know. You I would believe
1: it. that with or without astrology. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That resonates with me. I feel that in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then this quote also just summed it up so, 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 so beautifully. It said, astrology has been variously described as a, quote, shorthand social jargon for millennials and queer folks. Um, It's also been described as a worldview and vocabulary that are quote, the enemy of straight men.
1: <laughs> and not least, it has been
0: described as a language of power and magic for claiming predestination of selfhoods and ways of being that cannot yet and perhaps will never want to rely on established normatives. Okay. So essentially saying astrology takes on a lot of different forms and it can mean different things to different people as a whole could be identified as something that's like inherently anti-straight men because, you know, yeah. Libra men, Tornos and all that discourse that's so
1: true that's so true wait so
0: it is kind of like inherently anti-patriarchal in a sense (laughs) because half of astrology is shitting on men which i and i'm here for it okay (gasps)
1: i've never thought about it like that listen you wonder why men
0: don't like astrology it's It's because one they don't like to introspect as a whole yeah not i am generalizing all men right now it's fine then i'm okay with that if you don't resonate with this generalization then i am proud of you and i want you to take that and hold on to that (laughs) um but as a whole straight men specifically are like very very astrology adverse yeah um and at what point has is that coming from a place of oh this is a woman's thing you know this is a woman's interest i have no interest in this
1: and that's where that's why they're like I'm an alpha male. You're a beta. Oh my god! Male. Straight just... is
0: alpha, sigma, and beta straight men's astrology.
1: Yes, it is. Ah! It is. <laughs> uh, literally, think about it. They talk about it. They talk about it like wi- like women talk about astrology.
0: <laughs> I'm screeching because a client asked me last night. He was like, "Do you do you do you agree with the concept of um, alpha, sigma, and beta males?" And I was like. <laughs> No. (laughs) And he was like, well, why not? And I was like, one, I feel like it's just like a tool to manipulate women or like fat people generally. Manipulate
1: each other also.
0: Also (laughs) each other and themselves. Yeah. I think Alpha, Sigma, and Beta males is, again, patriarchy fucking the men that run it. Yeah. In a lot of ways.
1: And I think Beta males are the sexiest ones.
0: Careful. The Beta males can (laughs) actually be the most manipulative.
1: What? okay so s- say that in the stars
0: so so okay, no no no, no. What, so well, this is like i've listened to multiple podcasts on this because i find it so interesting and i love gender studies but um so beta males are like quote-unquote like soft boys
1: right.
0: who like project this error of like innocence and cluelessness that it's not actually a characteristic of their own they're just simply using it to get the things that they want
1: but does anybody actually claim the identity of beta male yes oh i thought it was just oh something my god yes the alphas and sigmas like
0: oh no call each other no 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 oh okay oh it's a real thing
1: it's Damn. terrifying
0: <laughs> yeah anyways we got off on another tangent no, but i, I just love t- i love talking about i that.
1: was in like the discord chat with brady and his friends and i was like what if i took like, let's all take this test like let's see which which kind of male we are and I I took that it that should have been my that should have been my buzzfeed quiz <laughs> I took it fully thinking that I was gonna get like alpha like because I do I feel like an alpha you know and I got beta male and I took it like while sharing my screen and they all saw that I got beta male and I'll never look what did that Brady down did? I don't know
0: honestly you can give sigma some lone wolf energy <laughs> he gives lone wolf energy down
1: i actually don't know what any of it means
0: but damn sigma from what i know and correct me if i'm wrong actually if you know the difference between alpha beta and sigma that well what are you doing here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. welcome but also yeah interesting intersections of your interests yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. anyways so oh my god um so yeah. i've talked a lot about sort of the positive aspects of the interaction between queerness and astrology yeah and now i kind of want to touch on maybe the ways that astrology isn't entirely inclusive of all queer people Um, a big thing that they talk about in astrology like we've been talking about is taurus men libra men capricorn men and then i don't know if there's like Is there an equivalent for like a blank woman? Like I have never heard anything like that before. It's
1: always like Virgo men are horrible. They're literally like they'll. They're little.
0: They're boys in men's bodies. Yeah, you'll
1: always (laughs) have to clean up after them, and and then it's like Virgo women, soft, so sexy, fertile,
0: dainty. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and they they speak to the universe in a way that you'll never. They're
0: soothsayers. Like
1: (laughs) men are discussed dirty little bitches yeah, yeah. that's so i yeah I literally never thought about it like i it's that's- so
0: funny to me i've always noticed it and i've just been like you know
1: what i'm okay with this <laughs> this
0: is funny this is silly this is a space for the girls and the gays only and i'm okay with that
1: Yeah.
0: um so as a trans non-binary person Um, A lot of those labels of like X-man and X-woman obviously don't fit with me. Yeah. Like at all. (laughs) Like none of those things resonate with me because I don't occupy those spaces. I'm this like ambiguous third thing, you know what I mean? And so in a lot of ways, those descriptions of, you know, masculine and feminine energies within astrology can be kind of limiting to who wants to participate. And so... From that lens, I completely understand why some queer people wouldn't relate with astrology. And um, I think if I were a bit more cynical, I would probably also not relate with astrology. But I like to create a little bit of room for like whimsy and wonder, you know? So I'm like, who am I I, uh, denying this to myself? Mm -hmm. But I think viewed from a different angle, um, astrology could be considered inherently queer and agender. Um, so on a completely different note, and this is kind of a thought that I came up with um, on my own. So I'm like, ah, little brain Yay. doing her thing. Yeah. But if you think about this planet has a more masculine energy and this planet has more feminine energy and this, um, this motion of X planet has this meaning for you or even some planets resemble, have like animals that resemble them and yeah. constellations are some animals sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so... When you've got a chart, you never have a chart that's all masculine energies or all feminine energies. There's always this like beautiful intermingling mm-hmm. between all of those energies all the time. And so I think that's where the queer and agender part comes in. Because it's such a beautiful intermeshment of both energies that it becomes almost this third thing yeah. in my brain of just like not having a a. gender label to it it is just an energy that you possess as a human being whether it's masculine or feminine is besides the point because you have both of those things at all times um and so and in that sense i really do think that to some degree astrology is a gender and it is queer friendly but i can understand like i said i can understand why you wouldn't resonate with it yeah and also like Some people are just inherently cynical. Like, I know there are queer people out there who are like, fuck astrology. For no real good reason, but just like, fuck (laughs) astrology. And like, more power to you, you know? I'm not here to tell you what's right or what's wrong.
1: At Um, least it's not like an institutional religious body that's like working to... God, I'm so thankful it's not. Yeah. It
0: really is. Mm -hmm -hmm. We're about to get into the capitalism portion of it. Okay. okay, I was really going to say like the people's religion, but it's it's
1: capitalism's religion.
0: So that's kind of like my little quick dive into the connections between queerness and astrology. Um, like I said, that's, that's the part that I would like to dive in more. That mm-hmm. in sort of the, I, for lack of a better word, the moral implications of astrology. Like, does it give us more personal agency or does mm-hmm. it allow us to sacrifice more personal agency? Mm. Um, and that's something I'm really interested in. Yeah, um, Because I feel like I've been guilty of doing both with astrology. Um, so yeah, I'd really like to talk about that more. But now I'm going to kind of like phase into the anti-capitalist portion, which is the portion I'm most excited about. Okay. And I will say some of the research for this was like kind of the claims that were made were kind of crazy, like claims of like fascism and like totalitarian, totali-
1: totalitarianism.
0: Totalitarianism.
1: Totalitarianism. Jesus Christ,
0: my mouth. <laughs> um, so those those got thrown around a little bit. And I frankly don't feel comfortable bringing any of those things up because i'm not going to sit here and say that like somebody's even tangentially fascist or to yeah. totalitarian jesus christ that word is not good for my mouth um
1: <laughs> that's okay <laughs>
0: so i'm just gonna kind of skirt around that because i think that like that's an overly intellectual dive into like the implications of astrology yeah. and frankly none of us really need that right. like unless you're just like that into theory which if you're that into theory, just just go research it on your own, maybe. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
1: right.
0: So there's a lot of disagreement about whether or not um, astrology is actually anti-capitalist. And people who have argued that it is anti-capitalist have come back and said that it is no longer anti-capitalist. Okay. I know. I know, I know, I know. So in their article, A Political Social Ontology of Astrology.
1: Let's go ontology. I was like...
0: Ah, um, <laughs> Authors Cole and Medhi posit that rather than looking to science for ways of interpreting one's existence in late capitalism, we might think that the Zoomer and millennial turn to an esoteric practice that posits significant effects by the stars and moon on one's character. One might suggest that this rejection of Enlightenment ideals is motivated by disaffection with life under late capitalism in an attempt to return to pre-Enlightenment, pre-capitalist practices of unruliness. So...
1: Unruliness. And
0: so that kind of dives into what does it mean to be anti-capitalist? Mm-hmm. And at its core, it means to be a, a rebel in a sense. And not in like an ironic way, but in like a very real way. Yeah. Um, to be like actively trying to dismantle capitalism at every turn.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, slay, work. Yeah. Um, but frankly, the way that capitalism has us all, we don't have time in a lot of ways or resources yeah. or money for that rebellion it's and
1: survival. Yeah,
0: literally, it's survival right now, and that's part of the argument against astrology as anti-capitalist. But I'll wait a little bit longer to get that into makes that. Makes sense. Yeah, um, so I'll wait a tiny bit. But yeah. where you, I feel like you have a thought.
1: I just, I have, I have a couple issues with like just saying science is the thing that we should all follow like that agree. It, like just as an umbrella term like oh well we should pay attention to science mm-hmm. because I don't think that that's like very accessible or mm-hmm. helpful to yeah. anyone who may be like wanting to be a little bit more critical mm-hmm. and um I don't know it's just well
0: and also like in braiding sweetgrass like Kimmerer talks about it a lot how like western science doesn't really consider lived experience and ancestral knowledge yeah accurate or real in the eyes of western science and so you know in what ways is science cutting us short and cutting us off from all of that knowledge you know yeah so i completely agree i don't think science is a i don't think a strict science approach is good for anything frankly at all um kind of how we had talked about on the witch episode like where healers would actually talk to you about you know what's going on in your life Mm -hmm. i think that's where the interconnection between science and living life as a human being come in so but yeah, so a Marxist feminist by the name of Silvia Federici.
1: Silvia. I know, I
0: love that Wait, last name. Federici. Federici.
1: I also read a Federici. I wonder if it's a different.
0: She country. wrote about witches too. She basically states that astrology introduces a kind of mysticism that is dangerous to capitalism, you know if a worker can manifest their needs and their wants, why the fuck do I want to clock in? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, if I can talk to the stars and get what I need, why would I clock in? Right. Which is, like, so real, but is are the stars going to drop two th- grand in my bank account a month to help me pay my bills type moment? Yeah. So this quote I really liked. How could the new entrepreneurs impose regular work patterns on a proletariat anchored in the belief that there are lucky and unlucky days, that is, days on which one can travel and others on which every enterprise should be cautiously avoided. Mm. And I was like, work. Yeah. No work. Yeah. <laughs> and so as someone who is like really put off by late stage capitalism and like all the washing like that we see, whether it's like um, – what is it called? Rainbow washing? Yeah. You see your greenwashing, greenwashing. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this resonates with me to some degree, you know? Yeah. But Federici then says, um, goes on to describe the ways in which capitalism both suffocated and subjugated astrological knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, referring back to the witch episode, we discussed briefly how women of that era were subject to incredibly punitive measures if they were even suspected to be dabbling in magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Call state, this disciplining took many forms from schooling, religious changes, and the introduction of more clocks and watches to the Ooh. suppression of non-work activities and laws such as the, quote, bloody code that made it virtually impossible to exist outside of the context of wage labor.
1: <sighs> clocks.
0: Oh, we should do an entire episode on that.
1: On time.
0: On time. And how capitalism bastardized time to make us count time by every fucking second. Yeah.
1: haunts me. It truly is
0: haunting. Yeah. That is the scariest thing I've encountered this October. Time. Time. And capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that's like a really cool way to believe. Or to look at it as like, yeah, I am so interconnected with the stars in the universe that the universe got my bat type, right. you know? Yes. And so I, I can see how it would be threatening to capitalism. But, I mean, like I just read, capitalism introduced a bunch of different things that sort of one took away the time that people had to mm-hmm. spend on um, researching astrology, you know, researching transits, all of those things. Yeah. Um, forced them into wage labor. And so whenever your life is defined by I have to pay my bills or I have to put food on the table for my family, you know, it's kind of hard to keep engaging in those things. Right. You know, work becomes your religion mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And so I thought that was really cool. Also really yeah. fucking sad. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we see this all the time in modern day. Capitalism latches onto any new movements in order to generate profit from them and effectively reducing any personal or cultural significance um, down to things like zodiac candles and uh, lingerie advertised to people based on their venus signs
1: <laughs>
0: i'm like go <"Girl>, what <laughs> oh
1: my god um
0: amazon to this day has spent over a billion dollars on astro marketing
1: whoa
0: yes yeah they would literally send out
1: astro marketing
0: yes they call it the astro market whoa yes so there's it's capitalism has a full market For astrology. I mean, if you walk into something like a Craig's Emporium, there's shelves upon shelves upon shelves of books about astrology. Yeah. Like.
1: I was at the library today. That's a whole shelf. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So,
0: like, it's just become so watered down by capitalism because it's just turned into this, like, marketing ploy to sell you things, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I definitely am, like, in that lens, I can see how astrology has become less anti-capitalist slash not anti-capitalist in a lot of ways. Mm. But I say that with nuance. I think it really depends on how you choose to engage with astrology, you know. If you are out there, you know, buying zodiac candles and all that, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for one. Capitalism has its claws in all of us. But I think there are less uh, capitalistic ways of engaging with things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Whether that's, you know, I guess this is somewhat capitalistic, but like getting yourself a tarot deck. And, you know, some tarot cards have relations to some planets and things like that. And, you know, learning astrology through that or even trying to understand, like, what your transits mean for you. Um, I think some things like that could be really cool or even shit. Just go lay down on a blanket and look up at the stars. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's one that's taking back your time, which capitalism doesn't want you to do. Yeah and two that's completely immersing yourself in the universe which is something i think we could all benefit from
1: right and if that's the point of it then why not like yeah. craft your own experience exactly with it? yeah like find your own answers within your own introspection when you put yourself exactly. into that environment exactly like i don't know you just make your own mm-hmm. make it make it up as you go like, make your own point. motherfucking
0: way y'all yes. Like we have so much more personal agency than we realize and i think that a lot of the times we forget that because we're like, oh, I want to buy this little Zodiac book yeah. or I want to buy this little Zodiac candle. And I'm like, that's cute. But I'm like, I need to explore other ways to engage right. with it. Now that I've done some research, I'm like, huh, I do see how like, this is not the most like restorative way to engage with it. Um, And so that
1: well, being I said, think, I think go there's ahead. a lot of um, crossover with what you just said in like our house plants episode, because um, like, Engaging in houseplant culture is also very capitalistic. Very if you are, you know, importing plants, Mm -hmm. importing I um Mm -hmm. I was talking to Mary about this, but like the peat moss situation. Oh my god. If you're
0: buying soil in stores, you need to stop.
1: Yeah. You
0: need to stop.
1: There's just a lot of that as well. But then we also talked about like how engaging with that Mm -hmm. um can be like an intro or starting point to feeling more at home mm-hmm. with plants, with the universe, with yeah. whatever. And I think that's really the root of like what we're trying to figure out just like in general on this podcast is mm-hmm. like, what are the things that like, what are the practices that present themselves to us in a way that may have been like bastardized by capitalism mm-hmm. that we can almost like reclaim? Exactly. And yeah use as our own yeah like mechanisms to act. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so. like
0: where house plants could be inherently capitalist if you know you're importing all of your plants and you're buying your soil from stores and stuff, it could be inherently anti-capitalist because you source your soil from local gardens that mm-hmm. are picking the soil, like digging the soil up on their own and putting their compost yeah. in it, stuff like that. Or you can share your plants with friends, you know, get cuttings right. from their your friends and make the plant grow roots that way instead of you know going and buying another one or even just taking some time to like remove all of your distractions while you're watering your plants or caring for your plants and really just engaging in that moment and like even if that means like talking to your plants there is scientific proof that like talking to your plants is actually good for them you know what i mean and i think there's something so anti-capitalist about slowing down yeah and talking to nature. Like, that is so, so... Ugh, stop. I'm tearing up thinking about it. I just think that that is the most anti-capitalist you can get. Right. That, and I think community is also inherently anti-capitalist. Yeah. Um, which and is... And, like, the
1: stars aren't something you can buy either. No. And I think that's Not kind yet. of, like, <sighs> what you're getting at. Like, you... um, They're trying to make astrology into something you can buy. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to do that at all. At like, all. if you yeah. are seeing spiritual value in that for sure then you can literally just go outside and look up like
0: like (laughs) honestly like get familiar with the constellations like that kind of thing like what does that constellation mean what is its cultural significance like if you belong to a specific culture look into that does your specific culture have any relation to any of the constellations that we can see in the sky Mm -hmm. and like really try to see yourself your ancestry in the universe around you i think that there are so many ways to reclaim astrology reclaim houseplants, reclaim all of these things that capitalism has boxed up into a neat package for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're inherently powerless. And I don't right. think you're a capitalist pig if you engage in houseplants. I don't yeah. think you're a capitalist pig if you engage in astrology. Yeah. Um, I think that we are all victims of a capitalist economy and world that we are forced to live within. Right. We simply, if you don't engage with it, you end up on the streets. Yeah. Like we don't have a choice. And so- Again, I want to reiterate, I don't want anybody to feel bad if you love your little Zodiac candle. Like, (laughs) fuck that Zodiac candle up, girl. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, But I also encourage you at the same time to find other ways to engage, you know? Two things can be true. What are your thoughts? Is astrology anti-capitalist? Is it not? Does it depend on how you engage with it? Does it not?
1: I think it really depends on how you engage with it and, like, the intentionality you have going into Mm -hmm. it. And, um... The steps you take to make it inclusive, mm. not only to you, but like to the other people that you're um, discussing it with. Yeah. Um, and I I mean, I don't know. I think it, I still think it's fun.
0: I think it's fun. too. <laughs> and ultimately, if it brings you joy, continue doing it. Yeah. You know, I say um, as long as you're not hurting anybody.
1: That's what I was going to say. There's ways to engage without shame mm-hmm. don't shame yourself yeah. don't shame no, others shame like, is
0: paralyzing please exactly. do not shame yourself because if you shame yourself you will shame yourself into doing nothing yeah and we're all guilty of it i mean i know i am so don't feel bad if like you have done any of the things that we've talked about girl i've done things that we've talked about you know <laughs> what i mean like call me a hypocrite yeah um i think it's just a moment for self uh, reflection all around truly um, and then I've, this, I'm closing up now. Um, there was this really, really, really beautiful, um, paragraph in the article that I based most of this episode off of, um, that I think touched on a lot of things that we've discussed and just says it in such a beautiful and concise way. Um, What's so the
1: article, th-
0: um, it was the, what was it called again? It was a long title with something with ontology, uh, the political oh, yeah. social ontology of astrology. Okay. Um, ology, yeah.
1: Ology, ology, ology.
0: Oh, one of um, one of the uh, the section titles was, you better work, witch. <laughs> I was like, I know oh these motherfuckers are queer. That's so yeah. funny, No, right? they're so cool. Um, so they said, astrology offers community and a space to heal where one may feel more at home. Certainly, these things are valuable, vital even. But there is no reason to think that we need to get these things from astrology. Marginalized peoples can find community with one another in a myriad of ways. And astrology is only one of those ways. Moreover, what offers healing in such communities is, as Kat pains to argue, not astrology at all. The truth is, the thing that is astrology is not what offers healing to astrology fans. Astrology doesn't heal us. If anything heals us at all, it is community. Spaces to air one's pains and thoughts. The careful and considered advice of other marginalized people Mm -hmm. and the overthrow of the rotten systems— of exploitation and oppression that keep us down in the first place. So, yeah,
1: Beautiful.
0: I think that, yeah, community is obviously the the space to heal. Yeah, Like, ah, uh, um, and astrology can also be a space to heal, just depending on how you engage with it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're just scrolling through TikTok, watching a bunch of astrology videos, it may not be the most, like, fulfilling way, <laughs> but if it makes you feel good, then fuck, do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and so my last remark is I don't believe that astrology has to be all encompassing or anti-capitalist in order for it to be something that people find comfort in. But I do want to encourage people to find what community means to them outside of Mm -hmm. astrology as well. Um, because I think a a lot of us have lost community. Yeah. Um, lost the idea of community and in a hyper individualistic society, that's truly no fault of our own to some degree. Yeah. Um, but it, is our responsibility to return back to that. Yeah. Um, and it's, and if astrology is the way that you want to do that, then more power yeah, to you. Absolutely. Whatever you need to do to make that community around you like 100 percent do it. Mm-hmm. Um uh well I do see parts of myself. Oh wait, let me rewind. I had a whole little paragraph that I was kind of proud of, but yeah, read As queer people, we have access to community of support, encouragement, and joy, which manifests itself in an array of ways. While I do see parts of myself within my star sign, I see myself represented in a much more joyful way when I engage with my queer siblings around me. If astrology is the tool that you use to cope with late-stage capitalism, I don't want to make you feel guilty or silly for using it as such. My only point here is to do your research, come up with an opinion that feels most accurate and comfortable to you in your lived experience, Mm -hmm. and go from there. Yeah. yeah that was my astrology episode it
1: was so good thank you wow it's,
0: yeah that's what i, I, have to I say. really
1: did learn a lot
0: i learned so much I, I learned so much
1: i'm gonna like engage with it in such a different way than i did before i
0: am as well it's it's really made me think so so much about it like even last night's my client um my clients kept talking about astrology and their signs and stuff mm-hmm. and i was just like it sucks to see them whittling themselves down to a Leo or a Virgo. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I when I see these kids and I see them in their, like, fullest selves yeah. outside of astrology. And I'm like, you are a full human being mm-hmm. outside of this and also within this. Right. And I think it's also – it's harder for those clients specifically because when you're unhoused – I think you're always looking for ways to Mm
1: -hmm.
0: be understood in a world that is constantly shitting on you for no good reason. Yeah. In a world that's constantly shitting on you because they see themselves within you and they don't like that reflection to some degree. Uh Uh-huh. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's all I really have to say moving
1: forward. Yeah. That's
0: my, those are my thoughts on astrology.
1: Yeah, you are so much more than your star's eye. You really
0: truly are, girl. (laughs) Like, you're so much more than your rising. You're so much more than your moon. Like, you're a full human being that has been crafted and sculpted by all of your experiences, by nature, by nurture. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth really appreciating all of those things as they are.
1: Yeah, no, I feel like there's kind of almost two kinds of horoscopes. There's like the kind that's like when you first sign up and it's like, you are crazy and sarcastic and silly and funny and everybody loves you except for on Tuesdays because that's when you're like everyone hates you and then so you're like given and you're okay I guess yeah I totally because everyone around you is like oh, I relate so much and yep. then and then in a couple of days maybe you'll get like the daily horoscopes I feel like those aren't so bad because no. it's like you should have a good day today yeah. because the sun is telling you to have a good day. And I'm like, okay, yeah, have a good day. That makes more sense to me as like something that I could relate to maybe on a daily basis, um, almost just like a... A random inspirational message generator, you know. (laughs) I mean, and
0: I also think that those can serve as like a guiding thoughts throughout your day. Yeah. Um, because like I used to get daily horoscopes, and a lot of them were asking me to be introspective. Yeah. Um, and were asking me to really like analyze the way I'm communicating with the people around me throughout my day, and so you can really, really take astrology and use it for personal development, even if that means like you don't really care about signs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Um. Oh. One really interesting fact that I didn't mention um, earlier, in Eastern astrology, um, planets in retrograde are actually seen in a very positive light, as opposed to Western astrology, where it is viewed in a very negative light.
1: My God.
0: Yeah, so um, whereas Western astrology looks at retrograde as a hindrance of the planet's effects um, in a negative way, Eastern astrology says that retrograde makes this planet more powerful okay Um, and more restorative and i think that's really cool
1: that's how i feel about my period (laughs) like dead ass absolutely that's how i feel about my period like i used to think about it as like i hate myself like this is the worst time like i hate and now i'm like wait every single emotion that i had throughout the month that i ignored is coming up now and now i have to actually think about it and deal with it and so it is, a, it is a week of like hell, but it's an introspective beneficial hell that I need every month, or I'm gonna go insane and I'm never gonna talk about my problems.
0: I'm screeching. <laughs> <laughs> so not only can you use astrology as an introspective tool, you can also use your menstrual cycle as an inter- introspective tool. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. <laughs> And
0: to what degree is um, the menstrual cycle the astrology of the AFAB body?
1: It, exa- it is, the moon.
0: No. Okay. Okay. Complete, 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 complete side tangent. I don't believe that planets like Venus can affect me from the distance that they are from us. However, comma, I do firmly, firmly believe that the moon directly affects all of us. Yeah. If we are what, like 90% water or something along those lines, yeah. I think maybe less. I'm not quite sure. Um, and the moon literally pools oceans. Yeah, who the fuck are you to say that the moon doesn't affect you?
1: Exactly. Like, I'm
0: sorry, you're not. Exactly. Like, it absolutely must affect us like if Katara. that's the case. What
1: Katara from Avatar: The Last Airbender? Oh
0: yeah, it's been a minute since I watched that. For, it took. <laughs> I took my brain a second. I was like, huh? And, oh, they okay. get more
1: powerful during the full moon because they're I waterbenders. That. That's so good. I'm, I'm pretty sure they can only no, think... bloodbend during the full moon. I
0: need to. Di- I need to dive back into Avatar. <laughs> okay, wait. Show. So. Should I, what is it? The Legend of Katara or what is it?
1: The Legend of Korra. The
0: Korra, Korra, Korra. Korra?
1: I haven't seen Korra yet. I've only seen um, Avatar? Avatar.
0: Okay. I Now I want to rewatch it. Yeah. I'm going to start it tonight with Y. It's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. It, I haven't watched it in probably two or three years. Last yeah. time I watched it was when it had that huge resurgence. But, yeah. um Okay. I feel like we could probably,
1: we're (laughs) like
0: chatting now, but we can just get this if we need to. But thank you for hanging in here with me. Oh,
1: so lovely. Thank
0: you for always encouraging me and supporting me. Um, Behind the scenes, researching for episodes is pretty daunting. It is. Um, And definitely speaking to an audience, even if it is small right now, is also very daunting. Yeah.
1: Thank and you so, guys for the grace and the yeah, understanding for sure, that for we sure. are beginners. Yeah,
0: we truly are. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you know anything I said to not be true, please send me a message. Like, yeah. I am always on a journey to learn, and I want to make sure that the information I'm learning is always accurate. Yes. And so if that means a correction, that means a correction. Right. And I am completely open to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Send
1: us anything, any questions, concerns. From any episode. Just don't call us men. Because
0: neither of us are men. Neither of us are men. Yeah. No. In my Instagram bio, it says, not, not a man. A man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten so, we've gotten like, we called it hate mail. It's kind of funny, but it's just, it's just people referring.
0: <laughs> my man voice.
1: Yeah. I'm like,
0: what? I'm like, okay, transphobe. <laughs>
1: Our first hate mail. <laughs>
0: no, literally. You oh, know what? Yeah. I'll take it. I like my voice. I was worried I that when we started recording, Cricket, you know people love your voice. There oh, are at yeah. least four people listening to this podcast right now that have told me directly that they love the sound <laughs> of your voice.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. If you guys. have any questions, hit us up. See you later.
1: <laughs> Keep how your how eyes it? peeled how for the feed. Spooky season.
0: Spooky season. Happy Halloween.
1: Bye. <laughs> Hello, and thank you for listening to the second episode of our spooky season. I hope October has been treating you well. Just as a reminder, if you aren't following Out on Earth Pod on Instagram and TikTok, you're missing out on a ton of awesome visual guides, memes, and jokes to go along with the show. Also, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, starting at just $1 a month... You can gain access to video episodes, bonus episodes, and our second tier at $5, you'll get early releases and the official Out on Earth episodic scene, which serves as a listening, learning, and vocabulary guide that you can print and fold out on your own. And I draw all of it. (laughs) Um, If you liked our show, we'd love it if you could share it with a friend who might also enjoy it and if you're listening on spotify be sure to follow and rate by tapping the three dots on our profile and then the little star icon listed as rate show it really helps us out if you have questions or concerns feel free to email us at outonearthpod at gmail.com or shoot us a dm on instagram and be sure to take our survey in the description below to suggest episodes or let us know what we did right In honor of Indigenous Peoples Day coming up this week, we have decided to include a land acknowledgement in our show credits. So we pay tribute to the indigenous communities who inhabited the territories where we are currently recording this podcast uh, long before the establishment of the United States. These include the Apache, Caddo, Tonkawa, and Wichita. We also hold in high regard the tribes with a historical connection to this area, such as the Comanche, Kiowa, Osage, and Quapaw. Before achieving statehood, we acknowledge that the lands surrounding Oklahoma City were originally designated to the Muscogee Creek and Seminole Nations. We recognize that this region once served as a hunting ground, a hub for trade, and a migration route for Apache, Comanche, Kiowa, and Osage nations. Today, the state of Oklahoma is home to 39 federally recognized tribal nations, a consequence of settler colonial policies aimed at assimilating and murdering indigenous peoples. Thanks again for listening to Out on Earth. And together we can find joy out on Earth. Out on Earth is written, produced, and edited by Kukit Kaya and Ashton Adig, hosted by Acast, music provided by Helisna. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more, and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,